Um, hello everyone and welcome back to another Legal Diaries podcast. We are joined here again today um, by Kel Gallivan for part two um, of our kind of how to be an adult month. I haven't come up formally with the name whilst recording this but um, as you know I'm bringing in kind of experts from all kind of financial management and um, and other aspects of life such as like mortgages and insurance and everything um, because I myself um, I'm going through the process at the moment of learning how to be an adult um, so I said I'd bring you all along um, but I'm really excited for today's episode because we're going to talk about like using items mindfully um, and mindful minimalism and digital minimalism um, which is something I kind of have set out for 2021 to focus on um, so yeah I'm really really excited to be joined by Cal again. Well, thank you for having me back <laughs> it is uh, good to be back yeah and uh, so in the first episode we kind of we focus in on Kel's no spend year and the kind of the habits that were formed and um, that became the staples or the guiding tools throughout that um, and the kind of the ones we didn't delve into were habits five six and seven um, so maybe if you want to go through them for anyone listening yeah yeah so I suppose like with the habits uh, like I was saying in the last podcast they were very much trying to put those velvet ropes in place so that you can stick to a budget get your money working for you, get value for money without the feeling of deprivation and having nothing and misery because life is not like that. Like that's not how we should be living our lives. You want to be enjoying it and you want to be getting fun out of it and just going, yes, I'm building a great life. I'm saving for my future, but I'm still having fun now. And it's finding that balance. So that's where the habits kind of come in. And I know we, we spoke already about paying yourself first and how important that is and having a rainy day fund because inevitably something is going to go wrong at some stage and having that cushion there to lean on is really important. No spend days. Um, and the your cash flow, your mindful cash flow. So they were all kind of big parts of it. But I suppose there are other sides as well that may not be as obvious, but are really, really good when it comes to just making sure that your money stays in your account and stays well behaved where it should be and not disappearing off and doing its own thing and developing its own bad habits. But one of the, the big ones is the use mindfully and use mindfully is in, in its very essence, it's, it's basically getting the most out of the things that you buy. Mm. And I'm going to use the example of, cause they're so easy to use cause we have so many of them knocking around our homes is shampoo and beauty products. Oh, stop. Like I and I'm I'm such a person. So for anyone who like follows me will know, like I'm so lazy. Like I don't wear makeup every day at all. Like um, rare, like the other day I put makeup on for the first time in like weeks, just because I felt like it. Because I was feeling um, I was telling Cal before this, like um, I've been pretty kind of sick and stuff. Um, so I just was like, I'm gonna put some makeup on. But I do have expensive taste in makeup for someone who doesn't wear makeup that much. Um. But like it's that like the the amount I have for someone that doesn't wear makeup is probably appalling. But no, don't be hard on yeah. yourself. No, and 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 this is where the use mindfully is really really helpful because I am a big fan of quality over quantity. Yeah, 
and this will become evident now in a minute about how powerful this can be if you do do it properly. So I'm going to take the example you mentioned earlier of shampoos and I'll get yeah. on to makeup then after that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there are, with shampoos, there are so many different types on the market and there's some, mm. some light and some dark and some enhanced, some thick and some, I don't even know what. And there are always promotions on with these shampoos. Mm. And be it you get it in a salon or in your supermarket, you'll always see the promotions. And before you know it, you've two, three, four, ten bottles of different types of shampoo and conditioner sitting in your shower and only half of them are being used or they go into the back of the press. You forget you even have them because you've bought a three for two. And then you go, oh, do I have shampoo? And you end up picking up several more in the shop. And yes, yeah, so next thing you know, you've piles and piles of them. So when it comes to using mindfully, you can buy whatever you want. The only rule is you must use up what you have at home already that is your rule your only rule so if you do ha have a push on for expensive hair products that is totally fine just use up what you have at home so how you do it is you get all your shampoos together your shampoos and conditioners and i'm including the samples from the hotel from four years ago yeah. i'm including the really expensive one that you're really afraid to use because it was so expensive and you don't want to use it up and your normal day-to-day -day ones and the ones you got to push just line them all up on your bed or wherever and just put them all together just to see how many you have. And then you put them, if you can clear out a shelf or something like that, where you can see them all and just line them all up and you use them. Your really expensive ones, as much as your sampling ones, everything. And when you're down to needing, actually genuinely needing a new shampoo, because you've already got to like a small bit left in the bottle, that's when you buy your new one. And when you go to buy it, you pick out the one that you know you really enjoy, that you love, that works well, that gives you the hair you want. And that's your money well spent. Yeah, I have. I'm just envisioning like my drawer. I have a drawer in my vanity table, which has, I'd say, about five, like half used bottles of shampoo. Like <laughs> we all have them. I know. Like it's, and it's, it's just because like, just so I'm not cluttering up, say my parents, two shares in the house or the bath. I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to leave them in my room. But I always go to one in particular and I still haven't finished that one. But I bought that one having already had other, <laughs> other ones. We all, we, we are all human, right? And we all, and there's so many lovely promotions and they're shiny, yeah. and a bit newer, innovative. But this is the rule. So while you're using up whatever it is, you you focus on well what what do i like in a shampoo what one do and it, so when it comes to buying the new one if it's a bit more expensive that's okay because that's the one you have and that's the one that makes your hair nice and shiny and lovely and you feel great when your hair is nice and shiny and lovely so yeah you do get better value out of it and if you do that across all your products so like foundation and makeup if you've 10 jars of makeup in your press and you've one face and that doesn't, that it's nice to have the options, but generally you'll veer like with a shampoo towards one or two types. Yeah. And you have all this expensive makeup sitting in your press and it's not being used. And eventually they do go out of date or they don't blend as well and they're not as nice. And that expense, that money has just gone down the toilet because you just end up throwing it out because it's not good anymore. And same with perfumes, they're best when they're fresh and face creams and a lot of those moisturizers and things the fresher they are, the better they are. You're buying them for their magical properties, but then use them while they're still ready and good to go. And that's where the whole use mindfully comes into play. But it does a couple of things. Like it saves you money. And that's obviously the aim of the game for a yeah. lot of this. 
but it's also it's better for the environment because if you're using up what you have you're not buying more things yeah so there's and when you start streamlining your stuff you don't have jars and bottles that end up just been thrown half filled just turn into landfill because you're just doing a big clear out and you think oh i'm never going to use this so it is better for the environment that perspective your products are going to be fresher and that's what you're buying these things for to make us all young and beautiful and everything like that so use them when they can do that and then there's the what i found is a lot of the nicer makeup comes in really pretty boxes and packaging and bottles yeah and they can often be repurposed for something else and that's yeah. and, and i find a lot of even not necessarily beauty products but even just jars and tubs that things come in you can use them for something else the repurposing side and you're you're decluttering as well so like that usage of a whole drawer filled with shampoos whereas if you had one shampoo that you really really loved and you know where it is and you just put it on the shelf it takes up way less space yeah and it's just you know that is your shampoo that's your go-to one and then the last little thing is you know exactly what you have so when you open your press you know what you have in there and it's not this kind of black hole of all your stuff that gets because i was terrible because all the little jars they're never the same size and they all stack up all funny and they tumble over and they yeah. just turn into the right mess but if you have one of everything and you like them and you enjoy them and they make you feel better you can keep them organized and tidy so there's loads of different benefits to that one i, I do enjoy that one yeah, like I currently have just one I can think of allowed is I have three different types of purple shampoo. <laughs> like, now to be fair, one I did get as a Christmas present. So, and it was one I kind of like my, I think my mom got it, like she knows I use it, but obviously wouldn't have known whether or not, like she didn't, it was just kind of a thing that was in my stocking. Um, one I kind of ordered for the novelty of it but I actually really do love it so I think when I make my way through my horse of shampoo it's expensive <laughs> but that will be my kind of go-to one possibly um and I have I have three open bottles of foundation as well <laughs> now two two are two different shades in Charlotte Tilbury um which is gorgeous but they're two different shades because I'm like I'm in in between so if I use those yeah. but then I ordered one from the ordinary because I wanted to see like what the foundation was like during lockdown that was one of my stupid lockdown spends where I was like I'm gonna order this and I'm like I don't need it I have two foundations which I rarely use already open um yeah but like and even doing an audit of your makeup and stuff because things go off and if you're putting them on your face and doing all yeah. that kind of stuff so yeah this weekend is all about um auditing ahead of february so i'm so scared i have I like fears I'm, I'm really excited for it though it's like airing all my dirty little secrets it's like how many bottles of shampoo do i actually have how many face masks or hair masks or yeah absolutely and look it might be a bit daunting because it is it is a big challenge and it's changing habits of a lifetime as well to kind of resist buying more things yeah because even i i've made a new rule with books because i love books but if i want to get a book i need to get rid of a book um and i'm keeping the books that i know my rules are will i pick this up again and read it will i want to give it to someone else to read to recommend it to them um like or will it be a book that I will pick up and look through again um 
but I did a whole clear out. So I have two big stacks of books because I got loads of books for Christmas. But before they even went near my shelf, I was like, I'm making the rule that I need to go through and audit my books. So, and that was actually really cathartic because I was like, I, and some books I actually read a couple of years ago and I kept them because I was like, I don't remember reading that, but I think it was a good book. So I was like, I'm going to reread that again. Um, whereas other ones I was like, this is a pile of shit. Like, <laughs> like, so we kind of, but whereas I just love books so much, they had yeah. such sentiment to me that I just couldn't get rid of them. Um, so yeah, I did that. So I, I need to get into the habit of doing that with, I want to do it with my wardrobe as well. So if I want yeah. to, yeah. That's the wardrobe is a huge one because that's another one we could be guilty of as well. Of just like I'm willing to bet practically every person out there has something in their wardrobe with tags on still. Yeah, I recently gave my thing one of my things with tags on to the charity shops the last time they were open because I had never worn it. I was never going to wear it. So someone else might have got use out of it. So yeah. um and I really realized when I moved home and I had to move back into like my childhood bedroom, which is quite big, but like I had a built-in wardrobe that's full. I bought two new chest drawers, they're full. And I have two new like racks of clothes. And they, this is not stuff that I've accumulated like all of a sudden and purchase loads online. It's just stuff that hid away for ages. So I was like, I've worn this. And it was clothes that was already at home and because you don't live at home. So yeah, the one in one out is is my new my new motto. Um but I need to do six out, one in for, for shampoo <laughs> first. <laughs> and you'll get there and you will feel fantastic when you do it because to be able to look at your a shelf or your beauty products or whatever and just know and like everything there. Like yeah, that's, that's massive. And that's where the, the, the minimalism really comes into play because that's the, the, the sixth habit. But um, when it comes to minimalism, the way I look at it is you have one life and life is long in many ways, but it is the only one you have and you don't get to rewind time. You don't get to go back. So when you're surrounding yourself with stuff, make sure you surround yourself with stuff that you like that you are comfortable around and and you enjoy and when you walk into a room you actually smile when you go in there going actually yes as opposed to heart sink of where's my bed there's I so know. much stuff in here like I can't even get to my own bed I do remember I had uh, rented a place years ago and I had a trail I had so much stuff I just had literally a trail to my bed because I just had accumulated all these different things there was no room anywhere else it was a smaller room but still I didn't use most of it but I had just accumulated it. Yeah. And that was, that's something I never wanted to go back to. And even when we moved into the house we're in now and we had, we'd been renting from different places for a while. And my dad had kept a few kind of boxes and then a friend of mine had a few boxes. It was, yeah, just stuff. So it all landed in together. I had forgotten I even owned most of it. That's the thing when you have it kind of scattered around. So when I moved home, I had forgotten about all the stuff that was already in my bedroom that I hadn't looked at properly. And like, I, I went through a real cathartic thing of like getting rid of, like I have sentiment to things like college notes from my undergrad, which I was like, I need to keep those in case I need them again. But like, I never looked at them and we've internet now and everything is so accessible online. So I went through a whole like clear out for that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just, 
it's kind of my my goal for 2021 is to do that kind of clear out altogether because even every so often I just keep doing my clothes because I'm like have I worn this or touched this now I know obviously it's different times because of COVID and people aren't going out but if I'm like I can't am I going to wear this or am I going to touch this again I'm like no (laughs) then it's gone no and and when when you do embrace that minimalism side because I hadn't until the no spend year but it is a fantastic feeling to be able to walk into a room and just like everything that's in there and with clothes to be able to open your wardrobe and even though my wardrobe is not perfect yet uh, but it's 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 always a work in progress but nearly everything in there I enjoy wearing and I wear regularly because when, when I went through the year would not been able to buy anything there's a few things I noticed uh, one was the things that were poor quality so the more fast fashion Mm. that just fell apart throughout the year and I hadn't noticed it before because I would have always replaced it with stuff yeah you know or not not even worn it as frequently say exactly but that stuff just fell apart and the things then there were things that if I didn't wear them in the no spend year I'm never going to wear them because even when I was running low on clothes I didn't wear them so I said right they definitely have to go and then the other side of it was I did have a few things that were of better quality and they lasted really really well and there were things that I would have kept more for kind of good wear because I liked them. I ended up mm. wearing them more often and in general feeling that bit better about myself because, you know, you wear something that you like, you kind of yeah. stand a bit taller, you're in better mood. I mean, hold on. This is, this is a revelation to me that I can actually enjoy all my clothes. So now when I do buy something, I don't, I still to this day don't buy clothes very often now. I only buy a couple of items a year. I save up for them and I make sure they're good quality and I make sure I like them and that they fit well and slowly but surely I'm creating a wardrobe that is more my personality than it's ever been before yeah that's a nice feeling and it, it was all came on the back of that minimalism of looking at each thing individually seeing if you liked it if you wore it if it fitted you um, I'm just picking kind of clothes now um, and if that's the case keep it And if it wasn't, if it was something that you just didn't like wearing, but you wore it out of habit or if it was falling apart, I just got rid of it all and just handed it over to the secondhand shop. If it was wearable, some stuff didn't make it that far. Um, But the whole thing behind the mindful minimalism is that you try and give these things a second life because something that it might be relatively new that I don't like give it to a second hand shop because it could, it could be perfect for somebody else or like that with the books that you were talking about earlier. So the whole idea is keep the things that you value and, and enjoy mm. in your life, but anything else, just try and give it a second life, be it give yeah. it to friends, give it to second hand, sell it, use the money from that to replace it with things that you do actually need. And that, that was a big thing for us. And the other little thing, actually, that was a lovely benefit from embracing minimalism was I have way less cleaning and dusting yeah. and maintenance and minding and juggling things around and lifting things up and moving things around now. And it, I get back so much time. Yeah. See, that's, and even like with the wardrobe, like some mornings I like stand there and I have, so say like for court and stuff, I have to wear pretty much black and navy and very boring. But sure, I have like six or seven black dresses. And you need like two or three and you stand in front of them and you're like what do I wear to work today or what do I do so like you get back that time of not having as like decision fatigue like you don't have as much to decide upon um so you get back kind of more time 
um, to do kind of to have maybe some self-care in the morning or, or to do that or um, another item but yeah that's that's so interesting yeah no I'm I'm, I'm on a whole kind of minimalism trend kind of thing but see the thing is though like I'm so tidy and clean so you think I would love like minimalism but <laughs> everything just has its space yeah that's the thing and if it looks tidy it looks clean it doesn't look cluttered then you don't notice it as much but yeah I think I think um this year or this weekend I begin my audit again ahead of February so for anyone listening, um, maybe I probably will have started airing all my dirty little secrets of how many <laughs> things I actually have. Um, yeah, because books are are books are definitely a, a bigger thing for me. And I I love stationery. Um, and I need to stop buying things like notebooks and like and I'm like, I have like about probably 10 of them at home well not literally but like yeah a good few and I'm like but I just I like I used to be I was a kid that kids brought teddy bears to bed mom said I brought a little backpack full of stationery to bed with me <laughs> like, that's so cute so I was that like in love like with stationery like my mom could just take me to a bookshop for the day as a kid and I would like I could probably stay there for hours didn't need childcare, just stick me in a bookshop for the day <laughs> Oh, you're such a lovely kid. <laughs> I know. And I I keep talking because me and my boyfriend have these debates all the time. Um, and I keep saying, I don't know what I'll do if I can't kind of instill a love of books to my kids. Um, and he hates reading, which is hilarious because, but he's so for, because he's a teacher. So he's so for instilling a love of books into children but he himself was like nah like don't don't have time for it don't don't he can't he doesn't get how I can be so absorbed in a book for hours books are amazing they really are like they're just like I just love them like they're I think they were always my my kind of escape from reality when I was a kid or something but yeah, I, I wonder if I what how I'll feel if I can't instill that in my kids that books are just you will. Yeah. You will by osmosis, you actually yeah. you will. I I'll just start you. if I ever have children, I'll just start reading to them before they're even out into the world. <laughs> and yeah. hopefully hopefully then it'll just it'll just happen. Um it will. Yeah. And the next habit we have, um, <laughs> is which we we've kind of covered or maybe you have mindful minimalism yes yeah, so that's that's what we're chatting about there, yeah yeah that whole mindful side of things and it's 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 just you don't and and this is for anybody who is embarking on minimalism you don't have to go full whack so even with your books you've taken out a pile of books already and you could give it a, a breathing space for a while now and settle in and see the books that you have there I just enjoy them and it's six months or a year, maybe go back again. But like, obviously you'll have your, the rules that you want to follow for it. But, but anybody who is kind of thinking of embracing it, it doesn't have to be a note to a hundred in one day. I think everyone, in progress. yeah, I think everyone, when they picture minimalism, or if you look it up on like, say YouTube of like how to be a minimalist, you see people that live out of backpacks and you yeah. assume that is the cult, that is the thing you have to live. Whereas I think it's kind of good that you come from the perspective of you have a partner and two kids. So you couldn't like just live out of backpack. Like it wasn't feasible. You couldn't do that. You had kids, you had toys, you had other kind of bits and you have to kind of instill 
those kind of mindful kind of things in them that they didn't always need the new toy with their pocket money and stuff like that. But yeah, I think, I think that's why everyone, and that's probably why I shied away so much from it, it yeah. like so much because I was like, well, that means I need to cut my life down so like small but you don't like no oh not at all no the beauty of minimalism when you you it needs to work for you as with yeah. anything in life if it's not working for you then don't and also don't look what other people are doing like, get guidance yes mm. but it is your life so minimalism to you will be very different to what your friend how your friend will see it or your your parents will see it or your cousins or whoever or anybody on youtube and i would have thought for a long time very like you daniel that it was had to be austere and everything had to be white and you know there's nothing around but that's not practical in pretty much anybody's life so the way i look at it is it is walking into a room and being comfortable with everything that's in there so yeah. if there are cookbooks in the kitchen and you have a couple of things out in the counter that's perfect it doesn't have to be perfect but everything in there has to be there because you want it there it has a function and you smile when you see it and you go yeah, yeah. You know, and that's that's the key to it. Like our house is higgledy piggledy. You know, if you were to walk in, but it's it's our house, and the stuff yeah. that's in it is is our way of living. And that you have to take that and figure out. Well, what is it that you really like? And for some people, they'll be able to go full on. I'm going to. I don't know. I'll. They mightn't want their CD collection anymore, or they're able to go right down to a capsule wardrobe, but their thing could be books and they might have a whole wall that's all books, but that's their version of minimalism. Yeah. That's what makes them happy. You get rid of the stuff that you don't like so much, the stuff that you don't, that doesn't bring value. Um, the best way to put it, to get rid of the things that you think you should have. Yeah. Cause kind of like, it's the status quo that you need to have. Exactly. X, Y, Z. Or, like one thing I can think of is like, for, for girls, like bringing it back to makeup, like you think you need the latest trends in makeup or you think you need this, where is if you've discovered that you, like one of my friends has a very, like her makeup bag is, that's it. Because she knows what makeup works for her. She has one eye palette, one, and when that runs out, she replaces it. She's her shade and foundation. Like, so that that's it. So whereas yeah. I think people are like, oh, there's this new foundation out, I need to buy it. But like, you're just, if you really love makeup and that's your thing, great go experiment do your thing but if you're just buying it for the sake of the status quo or to to like there's something really I think like I try to kind of portray kind of through my Instagram and stuff and, and with myself is and I think it's similar with minimalism so like sustainability yeah. everyone's journey with sustainability is personal so everyone's always like unless you're going to go all the way, like, why are you being sustainable? And I'm like, no, each little step that you take matters. Yes. And it's the same with minimalism. So like you said, someone may have the small little make bag, the um, very few clothes and a capsule wardrobe, but they might have that massive wall of books. And that to them is like, they don't need to get rid of them because it means every book they have means something to them. Yes. And, and that's, and that's it. And it's not cutting out things because you think you should, you only yeah. cut out the things that don't add that extra bit to your life. So yeah. that, that shelf that's full of wires and cables you're never going to use. Yeah. Fine. You can get rid of those, but I don't know the Christmas card that your gran always sent and you have a little stack of them that might be worth keeping. 
you know, you just figure out yeah. what it is that that genuinely makes you happy and just get rid of everything else. Yeah. And it's so funny because out of my family, I would be the least like my dad is a hoarder, like out and out, like my dad is a hoarder. Like I, you just can't, we'd be sorting because we went through a few rooms when I kind of moved home. We had a bit more time because of COVID um, and we were sorting out some rooms and I was like, what does this random pipe do? My dad was like, we need that, but couldn't tell us the purpose of it. Um, so with that kind of stuff, I can be um, more kind of cutthroat. My dad and my brother are very like sentimental. My mum's, I'm sentimental, but I do have that kind of right. Everything needs a function, except I just go, well, all my shampoo needs a function, <laughs> but I only need one shampoo realistically. And I do yeah. like, it, it's part minimalism for me and doing all this is not only part of cutting down because I'm on a sustainability journey. So I obviously want to get to a point where I'm using more sustainable eco-friendly products but one thing I refuse to do and I hate when people do it is when they are using say their toothpaste and it's not full but someone tells them to get like this jar of toothpaste or the toothpaste the tabs yeah they throw out the half full toothpaste and I'm like no like use use what you have first and then as soon as they run out maybe transition into that shampoo bar or that conditioner bar or like yeah that is it exactly Daniel that is it and that's where with the whole why use mindfully is so powerful from a sustainability for the environment perspective you're using up because the money the research toothpaste like take that toothpaste research has gone into it products have gone into it the scientists have looked at it it's been packaged and shipped and sent to the other side of the world and it's been labeled up and it has been put on a supermarket shelf and you've picked it up and you've brought it home and if you only use half of it and throw it in the bin that's a waste of a whole logistics chain right there. But if you use all of it and squeeze every little bit out of it and then change over, that is a much more sustainable way to be rather than this is good and that's bad. Yeah. And and I, and pe- that's where I think people can be very hard on themselves. And I find that a lot because I'm big into sustainability as well. And I just find that if, if people can't get it perfect, and I know I said it before, but perfect just gets in the way of getting things oh, so done. Much. Yeah. And it causes so much stress. You do not have to be perfect. You yeah. just have to try and be better and take little steps to be better each time. That's yeah. all you need to do. If yeah. you do that constantly and just transition over to the, the, that type of tablet too based if you want, after you've used up what you have already, you know, get... get the organic free range chicken but just use up the chickens in your freezer first yeah it's just and and that is a much is, is actually more sustainable than throwing everything out and starting from scratch with stuff that you don't know yet you're not comfortable with that you may or may not really like because not everybody likes the toothpaste tabs and all that kind of thing but if you transition slowly and bit by bit it's easier it's less yeah. stressful and you get it done yeah and like that's that's what like the way I've kind of gone more so about it but I think everyone is with everything so with sustainability with minimalism with like being say like financially kind of stable and really kind of good they're like well if I'm not gonna have 
an emergency fund, a rainy day fund, a pension, uh, a mortgage deposit account by the end of the year. Like, why am I even starting to save in the first place? And you're like, you need to start somewhere. Like, even if you end the year with 20 euro in your savings, that's 20 euro more than you had the previous year. So... And, and and that's the thing, like, and it goes back to the whole, like, you're doing a couch to 5k, you do the couch, you start off with baby steps, and same mm. with money, if you have an, an overdraft, and you have no savings, well, just start working, pick one, and work yeah. on it, you know, if, if you're not able to save at all, so you think, put one euro away, if you put one euro away a day, at the end of the month, you have 30 euro, yeah. you know, if you, and, and just give yourself tiny little goals, and just work your way up from there. You don't expect other people to be perfect. So yeah. Don't put that same pressure on yourself and just feel bad when it doesn't work out. Yeah. You don't expect a kid to just get up and start walking straight away. If the kid even tries to walk, you're going to give it rounds of applause and pats on the back and treats and go, yes, you tried, you tried. And you're patient. And it could take months before they start taking the first steps by themselves. But the thing is, they all do. Yeah. They all start walking eventually. And then as soon as they're walking, they're running and then they're in trouble. And then they, yeah. <laughs> but show that same patience that you have for other people and for children and for anybody else, somebody learning how to ride a bike, whatever it is, show that to yourself and just mm. pick one thing and go with it. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. what makes the difference. And when you look back, you go, oh, wow, I did pay off that debt or I did do that rainy day fund or I paid for whatever it was by myself without getting a loan. That's progress. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and one, your last habit, which I'm really excited for is minimalism <laughs> again, but it's one that a lot of us, I think, avoid. So digital minimalism. And this is definitely one which I'm terrified and excited to do my audit for because I actually recently, I, I was having, well, re- I say recently, it was, it was during the summer, I was having like awful problems with my laptop and I just decided to do a full, like I backed up things that I wanted to keep, but then I did a full factory reset on my whole laptop and it was so like, it works like it's a new laptop now and wow. it's so kind of just clean and fast and and I got it's a MacBook but I got mine in 2015 I'm gonna say so that's six and now I have had it repaired for a few things throughout the years um but it's like new now um and that made me realize like even when I look at my phone like the amount of clutter and stuff that I have and yeah so when you talk digital minimalism like what is it or so digital minimalism I look at it from a point of view of well, it's a relatively new thing and it's different to a digital detox mm. and a digital detox you'd hear it around quite often is just you know, cutting off from your social media for a couple of days or cutting off from, you know, you just walk away from your computer for a couple of days. And while that might feel good, it doesn't fix the underlying problem. And so much of our lives have gone online in the, in the last few years and even the last few months that it is such an integral part of our world. We spend several hours a day, most of us, I think at this stage, I think it's fair to say online. So that is part of your world, no different to the real world. And that can get messy. And the brain can only take, the brain only has so much energy and so much attention span in any given day. And if you 
if your online world is so cluttery and noisy and there's notifications and there's apps and there's files and there's pictures and there's emails and there's everything, that's quite a draining thing over the course of a day when you've your normal life to get on with outside that. So when it comes to digital minimalism, it is, it is sorting out that issue at its very core so that you mm. don't need the detox and hard reset every now and again because you're sorting it out from the beginning. So how it starts, and there's several kind of different, it's not even steps, but just it, things you can do. But one of the big ones is the unsubscribe button. Yeah. That lovely, because with our lives, we end up signing up things we didn't even sign up for. And these emails are popping into our inbox and you know, buy this, have a great sale, have a great deal, subscribe, whatever it is. And it might, and that it takes time to d- delete all those things. And they're taking up your bandwidth because even without realizing you've read it, you've read it and you might've clicked into it. And then a couple of minutes later, you're just gone down this rabbit hole and you've lost time, you've lost energy and you don't even know what you were doing in the first place. So unsubscribing is a huge one just to get that bandwidth back and kind of just calm the inbox mm-hmm. down. Cause that is like, the new TV ad, I think sometimes where it's just shouting at you, buy me, buy me. But if you can calm that down, that is a, a, a big one to do. And then outside that, there, there are so many different things you can do. Just pausing for a second. No, you're going to take your time. I'm trying to find out, I used to have this app on my phone, um, Unroll. Unroll. Have you ever heard of Unroll? No. It's basically how I describe it is it's like Tinder of unsubscribing. So it connects to your email and every week it sends you like a roll up of your day and you swipe left if you want to keep it. No, you swipe left if you want to get rid of the subscription and it takes care of it for you. And you swipe right if you want to keep the subscription. That's really clever. Yeah, I it's on. Yeah, I was because I had it on my old phone and I couldn't remember the name of it. Um oh that's why i don't have it anymore so it's currently unavailable in the eu so i say it's to do with like gdpr and stuff yeah that's what i would guess yeah so but yeah if it ever comes back like it was phenomenal because every day i'd get a daily roll-up and i'd be able to go through and automatically just unsubscribe from things that is yeah that is brilliant i know when someone was on yeah when when because i used to love it on my old phone i got rid of so many subscriptions and now i've just probably built them back up especially with business things i subscribe to so many things with business and i'm like do i need this yeah and and that's the and you don't notice it's like small things that do build up over time and and the inbox gets noisier slowly but surely till you, you don't even realize you're overwhelmed until you start unsubscribing and you see how quiet things can get but that is that would be brilliant if we get something like that back and I, I think things will calm down with GDPR once stuff starts yeah. coming through yeah. so hopefully that'll be of help hopefully. but um, a big one you say you have a new phone so with online stuff now most businesses are online and their phone number is online and most of us have smartphones so clearing out your phone contacts it's a simple exercise but I think there's a psychological element of just getting rid of phone numbers you don't need anymore just Mm. past boyfriends or past girlfriends or you know places that just don't exist in your life anymore and even a lot of friends if you haven't been in contact with them in a very long time are you going to get in contact with them again and even if you do delete it this might be scary for some people 
there's so much social media out there you're going to be able to find them again yeah because i have i'd say maximum 20 numbers that i would utilize on my phone but like i still have the same sim since i was like 16 and i think all my numbers are on my sim so if i was to go through it there's definitely like loads of random numbers that i'd probably be like who is that person but i never do it yeah, and it's it's a. It, uh, I remember when I did it first, and it's actually one of the reasons why I put it in for digital minimalism. I found it really cathartic because I was like, mm. no, well, I haven't lived at that address in like ten years. So that's gone. That landlord's name is gone, and you know all the, and it just feels better to have go through your list and know where your friend's number is, and know where your parents' number is, and know where, and just go through. Go, they're all people I like, and they're people I know, or that's something I use, and it feels much. It's like a friendlier place to be when you look through your contacts yeah. and you know everybody that's in it. And it goes back to what brings value to your life. And if it's cluttered up with people you can't even remember, but there's no point in having it there. Yeah, because I recently did it with my legal diaries page um, for the people I was following. Um, I just kind of went through and I did it with my personal Instagram page just to kind of go through and say, do I interact with the person? Does their content add value to my feed or do I enjoy their content? Just if, if like, um, and I, I did that and I did an audit. It's so funny how we think to do it with social media, but we never think to do it with our phones. Yeah. And it's, it's so simple and it's, it's actually easier to do now because the internet has us so plugged into everything because all the businesses are online and yeah. you know, most people are on social media in some shape or form. It's, it's much easier to connect with other people now. So just clear out your phone contacts and have that handful of people that make you smile when you yeah. scan through them. So that's, that's another one. Um, and actually while we're speaking about social media, there are so many different platforms out there now. Oh my God. <laughs> and like it gets even worse, I think, when you start to not only use social media for socializing, but when you start to use it for like a business kind of aspect or to share a message you kind of feel like you need to be on everything even though you might not utilize everything you're like okay well I need for my business I need an Instagram account a Facebook account a a Pinterest account a TikTok like you go through the whole kind of like but whereas you might only be actively using one or two of them yeah yeah and that's that is something I'm on Instagram quite a lot and I think if somebody does have a business out there or they want to kind of make a uh, a, a, a splash or just get their spread the word of whatever they're, they're really really interested in pick one flagship social media and run yeah. with it because you always remember you're one human and you're one very very busy human and you've 24 hours in a day and you could spend an entire day just scrolling social media yeah but if you focus on one and have it as as your main squeeze so just be monogamous with one have your accounts if, if you want but i would even recommend shutting some of them down um if you've loads of them now unless of course your business and it is your prerogative to be out there and have them all but from a personal perspective unless your core group of people are genuinely spread and you only can get this person on this social media platform or this person on this but we usually have we're usually on all of them yeah you don't need to be so just pick one that you really enjoy and have just and set a time limit. A lot of phones can send time limits on these things. Yeah. Now. And just have, have that time, check in, see what's happening, enjoy your time there, and then come away from it because you will get stuck down a rabbit hole and you'll come out and 
you'll be dizzy from being on there. You could miss an hour or two of your life without even realizing it because you're just scrolling through stuff. Yeah. And you're tired afterwards and your energy is drained and you could have seen something that upset you or made you happy or whatever it was. And that was a lot of energy spent that doesn't necessarily need to be spent. Whereas you check in, see how things are going and then just get on with your life again and get that time back. Because time is, money is important, but having money gets you time. And anything yeah. else that gets you time and freedom of your time, that's, that is true wealth in every shape yeah. and form. And I find now that I've kind of handed not handed over the reins, but now I have someone assisting me with, with that kind of social media management that I'm spending a lot less time on social media um, and realizing how fatiguing it was because there's so many aspects to it as from a business perspective and any small businesses or, or people who have kind of a platform where they, where they share um, programs or, or mentoring or whatever they do. Um, they'll understand because it's not only the putting the content out there, but it's the thought that goes into the content, the creation of the content, the concept, the, and then interaction with other people within the community in order to, so, and it does, and I'm still, it, it, I've kind of stepped back from doing the kind of, I'll do the concepts, but I've stepped back from implementing it, but it's yeah. now given me more time to have more kind of meaningful interactions with people on the platform that I wouldn't have had before. Because you're trying to get the ABCs done. Because I'm trying to get the ABCs. And I think one thing where businesses come down quite a lot is when they spread themselves so thin on so many platforms, they don't realize that, yes, you can repurpose content for each platform, but your messaging needs to be different for each platform. Because it's, so say the big example I have is um, LinkedIn and Instagram. Yeah. I can be a lot more fun on Instagram with my content and what I want to share, my message. When you, when you translate that over to LinkedIn and you want buy-in, the kind of things that I would put on LinkedIn, the content would be a lot more of the career stuff and the consultancy stuff. Yeah. Because that is, to be. yeah. Whereas people I think will spread themselves so thin, they'll repurpose one piece of content across all platforms, but it's wasting time because it's not, it's not really the content that you want to be putting out on it. See, I think you need to evaluate your kind of main platform and, and time that. And then if you're going to have one or two more, evaluate if you have the content that will be good on that. Because some people just don't. Like a makeup artist would have phenomenal content for like Instagram and TikTok, but it wouldn't translate so much into Twitter and um, LinkedIn. LinkedIn, yeah. Yeah. They're very different animals altogether. And that and that's that's where I think and but even even for somebody who's just consuming social media, even for somebody who doesn't have a business, there's a very different mindset for each one of them. Yeah. And switching back and forth from all of them. So I think from a mental health perspective and a time perspective and an energy perspective, just pick one platform that you love and focus on it, be it a business. Yeah, and just run with that and get really good at it. And that's where people will go, yeah, I'm on Instagram and this is what I do. And that's where and I, I tailor all my content to Instagram just because I just love it as a platform. And I, the rest aren't there, but everything is tailored towards it. And I enjoy doing it. And I, yeah, I, I derive a lot of pressure from it. 
and then somebody consuming it because I put effort into that, they're going to get more from it and they're yeah. going to enjoy it more because I've tailored it just for that specific type of audience. So you're exactly right there, Danielle. And that's, that's, you can't be everywhere all the time and you have yeah. to kind of tailor what makes you the happiest and run with it. Yeah. Because and Eva, yeah, sorry, go on. No, no. I was just going to kind of finish up with the, the digital minimalism, like the, the other things that people can do. And this is, um, a lot of these are psychological, but it's also like with your computer, there's, there's to rejuvenate your computer is with your files and documents. And I detail it all in the book, but just breaking them down, sorting them out, organizing photographs. Yeah. Photographs. I literally just did my mom's because she had her desktop and it gave me like heart palpitations because it was just files everywhere. And I was like, how do you find everything? She's like, I just don't have the bandwidth to like sort it out. And I was like, I will sit with you and I will literally go, do you need this? What? And we'll create folders and they will go in and then they'll have a purpose and you'll know what they're about. And we did. And it like looks so much better, but I don't, yeah, I just don't know how anyone can cope with, and I'm such a labeler in my emails as well. Like I don't like unread emails. I like to like label things. I get rid of spam emails. So like, I think folders on computers are such useful things that They're, no one uses. Mm, it takes a bit of time. And particularly if it's been a while since, since it's, it's been done, if it's ever even been done, but it's worth it because I'm willing to bet that people who haven't done it will go, well, I, I know that this important document is on my computer somewhere, but I can't find it. So I'm going to email the company to get them to resend it out to me. Or I know the photographs from the 60th birthday or the 21st, they're there somewhere, but I'll just ask my friend to send over some of them ones because I've no idea where they are. But can I ask you, how does your mom feel now that your computer's, her computer is, has been tidied up? a lot better like she can actually <laughs> locate things now whereas before like um so she has this kind of queer kind of form that she needs to fill out for like every client because she works for the hse so for every client and stuff and every time she was going to do it nine times out of ten she was looking it up on the server they use even though she had a copy on her desktop but she just could yeah. not locate it and all of it so that's time saving in itself that now Huge she knows exactly saving. where it is um but yeah, it's just, and even like for um, efficiency of a machine as well, like I noticed such a difference ever since I completely wiped my, and now I'm, I actually today was just looking at getting an external hard drive because I want to get into the habit of when, rather than keep larger things on my computer, have photos and stuff, sort them out and then yeah. put them on a hard drive and know exactly like what, things are on that hard drive um whereas I think when they're on the computer we don't actively sort them out we just import them and then they yeah. just kind of sit there and then and you think oh, I'll get out I'll get around to it I will yeah. I promise I will and we never do yeah because one thing I want to get into for 2021 is like printing more photos and because yeah. I used to be really good at that but now like I just don't and I, I think having some photos of some things is much nicer and they have a purpose then just having them like sit there on a laptop. Forgotten. And actually that's one of the, the, the other things with digital minimalism when, it's, when it comes to sorting out the photographs and sorting them out into files and you'll, you'll get, I'll show you how to kind of categorize them and stuff. But it, part of the project distills down your top 10, 12 photographs and they're the ones you put in a folder and get them printed. And they're the ones yeah. you hang up and you go, yes, but you've gone through them all as well. Because 
all these beautiful moments, they're there, but they're hidden away in the laptop and they're often forgotten. And you kind of forget that night out or that holiday or that Christmas or whatever it is. And then, but if you have those one or two photographs printed out and hung up, you get to see them every time and they're going to make you smile and it's going to make your home feel more like a home because you have those memories. And particularly now when we can't see each other as much. Yeah, like I have photos. My boyfriend and I went to Bali, not obviously not this summer just gone, but the summer before. All of those photos are still on my phone. I haven't printed any of them. I think before I decluttered my laptop, I think I'd started importing them, but I just got rid of them because I knew they were still on my phone. Um, I haven't sorted through any of them and it's taking up about two because we were there for about a month. So there's probably about two, 300 photos there. Um, I'm like, I just need to sort them. So I actually purchased the other day um, and I'll link it in the show notes. You can get like a USB hard drive for your phone. So you can sort things out and directly pull them onto like a, a, a little kind of hard drive yeah, that plugs yeah. into your phone directly so you don't even then need to plug it into your computer and then you can then swap I wonder do I have it here to show it to you yeah so it's like a flash drive um and it's like I think this is like 64 gigs so you can get all different sizes so it looks like this Ah, so, so like, yeah, you, this yeah, is the bit sure. that goes into the phone and then yeah. you tail, pull all your photos and then if you want to go to like a photo place or like your I don't know laptop or something it like flips then into a USB. USB that's very clever and it just and it's really small so you're not taking up you're not having to go through the process of okay I then I put it in my phone and then I put it or put my phone into my computer I download them I sort them you can sort them on your phone or files or anything, put them straight onto it. And then if you want to go print them, you can bring it to one of those photo printing things. Yeah, and just, yeah, that's, and, and that is, we're out of the habit of printing photographs and enjoying them. We're yeah. Having something that makes it convenient because it can get overwhelming because if you haven't done it in months, probably yeah. years, and for me, many years, but I started doing this project, it's really daunting prospect. Yeah. But then you realize like there's loads of photographs that are blurry or people's kind of cut off their foreheads or the, you've That's 20 it, the same though. photograph and it just it's to take the time to clear them out. Yeah. And, and once, but once it's done, you feel so much better and it's easier then to kind of top it up and keep it organized afterwards. Like your, so your mom is probably going to save a lot of time now and then she knows where all her documents are on her laptop, but that's huge because that cuts down on stress. It gives you back time. You know, she doesn't have to get a new laptop now because this one is running like, yeah, like a new laptop. It's, there's nothing but benefits and it is just a matter of taking the time and even just doing it bit by bit, 10, 20 minutes a night will we'll sort everything out. It doesn't have to be done in all in one big chunk. Just taking a little carve out, yeah, 10, 20 minutes, 15 minutes a day, whatever. And just even sitting in front of the TV where you're having a cup of tea and just scroll through the photographs and you will get through it. You will. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. And it's like, I'm so excited to do it because I've been putting it off for so long. Um, And I had kind of said I'd do it before the new year and then just didn't get around to it just because work was so busy. So yeah, this doing this whole kind of being an adult, it will force me to kind of order things. Cause even now I'm getting to a point where I'm, I got a filing cabinet for like work purposes for home, but now I have a drawer for like personal stuff. So I'm starting to, whereas we usually have a scatterbrain and have our 
insurance documents somewhere or everything I'm now trying to collate everything into one place so if I know I need something I know it's going to be in the drawer in the filing cabinet so even that kind of peace of mind yeah will be and you can do it simply you can buy one of those expanding folders um and just label different sections and then you'll know where all your car papers are all your so just trying to and that's it though you get back time with all of the kind of seven habits you get back time in your life to do things you actually like doing and that's what it's all about and yeah that is it in a nutshell like if you manage your money and kind of make sure it's working for you what it does it the biggest dividend money pays is it gives you back time because having that money there be it in your rainy day fund be it because you know, you've, you've taken care of your stuff and you've sorted out your laptop and it's working better. It gives you that extra money, which gives you choice. So no matter what life throws at you, you have more choices if you have money to fall back on. And it gives you freedom because once you have that bit of money there, you have flexibility and that is ultimately time. And that's when you, when you look at all the people who are like millionaires and billionaires in their life and you see them off on yachts, you see them off and doing all these things, they've bought back their time. That's what yeah. they've done, one slice at a time. And that's what all you millennials and, and Gen... Gen Zs. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I can't keep up with them because there's so many. Because I was going through them the other day for... I, I was writing a paper for something. Um, and there's like, there's the baby boomers. There's Gen X. There's... Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's so many. And I'm not even sure which one I am. I think I'm on the upper end of millennial if I'm going by the year of my birthday, but I'm probably just chancing my arms scraping in there. Um, I'll tell you what. I don't feel like a millennial at all. Oh, sure. I, like, I'm 29, um, and I used to work in a school, and I was supervising kids one evening, um, and we were having a conversation about, like, when the kids wanted to use his phone to look up a word and I was like have you ever heard of a dictionary like I was like no you're not using your phone to look up a word um and I got referred to as an elder <laughs> why are all you elders so against technology and I was like hon my generation invented most of your technology exactly. I was like all those social media platforms I was like they're all probably run and founded by millennials like, yeah very much so um what years are millennials eight 1981 to 1996 i'm not a millennial i'm just on the other side of it then so what's 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 before gen x gen x i think yeah what's in between baby boomers and millennials i think it's gen x yeah Yeah. nobody really cares oh wait no no what are we it started with gen x people born between yeah 1965 and 1980 the preceding generation was, yeah, baby boomers was 46 to 64. So you're Gen X. No. Yeah, nobody cares what we are. We didn't even get a label, not really. You are, <laughs> no, sorry, you're Gen Y. You were born 1981 to 1996. Wait. Born That's millennial. No? Yeah, the generation following Gen X naturally becomes... So when are yeah, millennials? I don't think we, my generation, I, yeah, I was just at the beginning of where millennials started or just you're barely before it. Gen, you're Gen X, so you're 1965. So if you're between 38 and 53, you're uh, Gen X. I'm Gen X. Yeah. And if you're 
between 22 and 37 you're a millennial but I'm really confused because it's also trying to tell me you can be a millennial if you're 1997 to present but they're gen z's anyway we 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 are you're you're not a baby boomer at least oh no 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 no. (laughs) my parents are baby boomers are they yeah yeah my parents are baby boomers um but yeah so um just to kind of sum up what would be your kind of top three tips for someone that is kind of really overwhelmed and they want to start being more mindful with their items and then transition from mindful into kind of minimalist lifestyle with their with their items yeah um three top tips the first one i would be is when there's so many things going on in your life and you're going to be busy anyway taking on big big projects can be daunting particularly so just pick one thing pick one thing and it could be anything from one shelf in your cupboard right just pick one thing and sort it out or it could be just your clothes just take your clothes and just work on those just pick one thing and focus on it and do it don't try and do everything because it just gets too overwhelming and then we get into the whole perfectionist loop and then we just go oh i can't do it and you walk away so that is one the second one and see i am big into tracking things and and just track your progress because if you're doing and a month is a brilliant thing right so a challenge that goes over a month or even if a month seems too long just do it for a week right and just go a week of and when you're embracing minimalism getting rid of stuff out of your life is is important but it's equally important to stop bringing stuff into your life mm-hmm. so just pick a small piece of time and whatever your project is so let's just say it's clothes give yourself the week to sort through the clothes but also in that week, do not buy any more clothes. Yeah. <laughs> don't add to it before you take away stuff. Exactly. Don't treat yourself to your four new pairs of jeans and seven jackets in the same week because you've done so good cleaning out all your stuff. Okay. So there, there's two. And then the other one is when after you track, look back and just take a minute to give yourself a high five for doing it. Right. And it doesn't have to be perfect, but just acknowledge that you did it and you go, I I cleared out my clothes. Look at my wardrobe now. Isn't that great? You know, like there's, there's nothing in there with tags on anymore. And I like most of it. And okay, fine. I'll need a pair of jeans in, in, in X amount of time. But, and that's okay. And just sit in front of your wardrobe with a cup of tea and go, I did a job well done. And, and celebrate all those little small things. Because when you do that, you're telling your brain, you're encouraging it to stay going on that positive path. But you're also going, kind of I did this job. That is progress. Mm. It is a step forward because no different to money. With money, all those one, five, 10 euros, I've said before, they add up to the big things. So each little challenge of what you're doing this year is huge, Danielle. All these little challenges you're setting yourself. Mm. When you look back at the end of the year, you are going to be shocked and delighted and over the moon with with how far you've come. Because most of us only realize how far we've come when we stop and look back. Yeah. And look back at the progress and tracking it and writing down all those things and looking back going, wow, I did all that. But at the time, it doesn't seem like much, but it all adds up. And they yeah. would be the three things I would have. And don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah. To I think have, I'm going to try and make it as fun as possible and like gamify it and 
Um, so we shall see how, how all that goes. Um, but before we finish up, um, maybe if you want to give a, a taster of what's kind of coming up for you. Um, I know you've just launched your book, as we said in the last um, podcast. Um, so what can we kind of expect? Or maybe it's, it's putting you under pressure now or what, what's to come for the next kind of few months for, for um, your platform? Yeah, so no, it is. It's quite exciting now. So you're right. So the book, the book is Mindful Money, More Money, More Freedom, More Happiness. So that has just been launched. And I never thought I was an author, but it's it just garnered a bit of attention and it's a total labor of love. I've put everything into it. So I'm just going to see where that goes. That is exciting. Um, I do plan a good few things on Instagram. So it's at Mrs. Smart Money HQ. So in January, I'm doing a no spend January and getting people used to the idea of having no spend days and what they mm. are and, and, and just getting people on that whole thing of focusing on their value for money. So the February now, it's I'm going to do a use mindfully and just get people's heads around using up the shampoos and using what they have before they bring more in. Mm. And we'll see where we take it from there. I'm kind of gauging each month as, as it goes. And, and well, as long as I plan on it being just fun and trying to take things too seriously, but still there's a sense of satisfaction there. And uh, it's, we'll see where life brings me after that. There's a few other things working on the background, but I'll let you know. I'll come back and let you know. That's so exciting. Um, and as you said, like your book is Mindful Money, More Money, More Freedom, More Happiness. And you can pretty much get it anywhere you can get yes. a book. Um, and you're at Miss Smart Money HQ. And it's what's your website again? MrsMartMoney.com. Perfect. And thank you so much. It's been so good. Like I could talk about this for days, mainly because. I'm being selfish and I'm going to try to do this and implement all these wonderful things this year. But uh, thank you so much. It has been great to chat with you, Danielle. Have a brilliant time, evening. <laughs> <laughs>